If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. What's up, y'all? It's me, K Motherfucking Capri, and I just skipped class with the progress report. Ew! The progress report. All right, what's going on? It's your girl, Lala Shepard. This is another episode of Skipping Class presented by the Progress Support, and I am privileged here to have my girl with me. How are you? What's up, y'all? It's me, K-Motherfucking Capri. Okay, well, welcome to the platform. You know, we've been trying to get you up here for a while, so thank you for coming. <laughs> was that, like, a little shade? <laughs> it wasn't shade. I mean, I, all right, well, since we're going to do that, you said anything is off, you know, nothing's off limits. We tried to bring you up here before, and you said, actually, what's the, how much y'all paying? And I respect it, because I... I said I'll send you an invoice. That's what you said, yeah. And I respect it. I was going to send you an invoice, but um, someone actually told me to give y'all a chance, so I did. Okay, well, I appreciate that somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it's all good. I respect it. All right, so we're going to learn all about you tonight. Um, you know, we definitely met before, you know, you was doing reality, reality TV, but I thought that was dope, so we're going to get into that as well. Hello. All right, so tell me about a young Kay Capri before we got to know her, you know, from appearing on Jocelyn's Cabaret. Young Kay Capri, um, she was still wild, free, did whatever she wanted, loud, exciting. Everybody wanted to know who she was. She was still tall. Um, eccentric, she was always queer. Uh, only thing that really changed from young Capri and old Capri, older Capri is maybe the knowledge. But yeah, I definitely still live in my nostalgic era. Did I say that right? Nostalgic, nostalgic. Did I say that right? Okay. <laughs> okay, I respect that. Um, now I want to know about your family and you know talk about them turning their back on you at an early age because of your sexuality. Um, when I was 17, I came out to my mother on my 17th birthday. Of course, she did one of those I already knew, but I don't think she did. Um, for a long time, I thought she accepted. Excuse me. For a long time, I thought she accepted me for who I was, but. Whenever things went left with us, if we argued or if we had a disagreement, she would definitely throw homosexual, homophobic slurs. Mm. Um, the last thing my mother said to me was, do I have HIV yet? So no, I do not talk to her. I have not spoken to her. I understand the whole you have one mother, but I am also a daughter who did not ask to be here. So I just decide not to deal with them and that's anybody in my family. Um, my father has always been absent. I've only met him maybe twice. And my sisters just follow my parents. I'm the black sheep of the family. Mm. So how did that make you feel though? Like just hearing that, especially too, at such a young age. Um, she said it when I was 19, so it wasn't really that young. Um, I took it pretty well. Uh, as far as getting back on my feet, because I did have to be homeless for a little while at that age because I left her home uh, after that homophobic slur. Um, but I mean, it just made me stronger. It made me be able to take certain things that people say to me. Like if my mother can speak deaf on me, anything anybody else say to me really don't matter. Facts. 
We want you to come skip class with us and share your story on our new segment called Skipping Class. Look, we want to talk to all the artists, indie or mainstream, or if you're an entrepreneur, come build your brand with us and tell your story to the world. You'll also get the shot in our locker and you'll get promo clips for all your fans. So DM us today or visit our website, tprmeetergroup.com. Get locked in with us. Um, so at what point did you realize that you like women? Ooh. <laughs> um, I kissed my first girl at 10 years old. We were playing hide and go get it. Is when you hide and then the other person go get it. <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> and she hid, so I went to go get it. <laughs> I'm weak. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you was pretty much 10? Um, yeah, I would say 10. Because after that, it just skyrocketed. Um, I had a couple of little boyfriends here and there that I kissed on and just tried to make it look good for the people who didn't know mm. until I was ready to come out. But once I came out, yeah, it was full, full rainbow. Okay. <laughs> so have you ever been sexual with a male outside of kissing? No, I've only ever kissed a man. Um, I'm a dancer. I'm an exotic dancer. So of course I've seen it. Right. And I felt it. I know what it looks like. It's not like I'm blind to the fact. I just don't want it. Respect. It's just, I just don't want it. <laughs> okay. Respect that. Um, so now, are you single or are you in a relationship? Um, yes, I am newly single. I just oh. got out of a four-year relationship. Um, but I'm not looking. I'm not wanting. Um, I'm free. I want to be free. I haven't been able to actually love myself and get to know who I am because I've been in all these relationships or I've been wanting all these relationships. So yeah, now I'm just a little whore. Period. <laughs> Do you have a certain type? Um, no, I like who likes K Capri. Okay. So talk about your life before you started doing reality TV. I know you said that you dance. So talk about life as a dancer. Um, life as a dancer before Jocelyn's Cabaret. Um, I could say it was the same as now, maybe a little, a little bit more hyped up because all these different people know me. Um, I was still doing the traveling, dancing, making all types of money, uh, different bookings, different shows, different clubs, different states. Um, the only thing different from what I was doing before Jocelyn Cabaret and now is that it's not filmed. So yeah. Okay. Been there, done that. Period. What's the most that you ever made in a night? Um, I would say Super Bowl, Super Bowl 2021 in Atlanta. Mm. I saw about 3,000 in one night. And I, that was, that's not a lot to most strippers because most strippers, like some strippers make eight, yeah. you know, eight to 10K. But in Atlanta, that's a lot, like compared to like Vegas or Houston or even California. Like that was a lot for me. That was. I mean, but now that I'm Kay Capri from Just Cabaret, I'm seeing like $1,000 a night. So it's a little different. Period. So you are still dancing? Of course. I'm going to pop us to bed. I die. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Do you want to say where you dance at? Um, you can find me at an Atlanta club near you. Okay. Um, check me out at Pinups, Diamonds ATL, and Club Aces on Fulton Industrial. Ew. Okay. 
Did it, like, when you did become a dancer, though, was there any adjustments that you had to get it used to, just, you know, in terms of the lifestyle? Yes, most definitely, especially as a lesbian, and especially coming from Virginia, because I started in Virginia, mm. and in Virginia, they don't touch. Right. So when I moved to Atlanta and men started touching me, it really threw me off, and I had to, like, turn into a whole different person. Like, I had to have an alter ego. So I had to play straight. I call it playing straight. Mm. <laughs> I call it playing straight, um, but a lot of the, the men that um, are my customers, I'm not going to hold you. They be knowing I'm a lesbian. They they can tell by my demeanor. Um or if they'll do something, they'll be like, why is she not attracted to that? Oh, you like girls? Or the girls at the club will be all over me. So it's like, <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> they want me. They want what they want. <laughs> Period. Okay. Um, well, I want you to talk about being 6'3". And talk about how it was for you growing up. Like, did you always have your height? Or at what point did you have, like, your growth spurt? Um, I've always had my height. I've always been the tallest girl in my class. Um, I, I saw my growth, growth spurt in kindergarten. Like, I noticed mm. that I was a tall person. I noticed I was different in kindergarten. Uh, when I used to get teased a lot, I used to get talked about. I got, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get talked about to the day I die. I'm a bad bitch. Period. <laughs> There's no way around that. But as a child, I didn't know I didn't know I was different until all these people started messing with me. I didn't understand like why are you messing with me? Even from the beauty mark on my nose, like mm. they just wouldn't leave me alone. Um, but yeah, I, I would grow every year. Every year I had a growth spurt. It wasn't until maybe high school when I started growing, but then even in college I had two more growth spurts. That's wow. when I started being six three and sexy. Okay, period. Did you ever play any sports? I did. I was a um, I was a four sport athlete. I played basketball, volleyball. I ran track, and okay, my bad. I was a three sport athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm weak. Okay. I guess the other sport was smoking weed. The sport. <laughs> okay, so at what point did you like become comfortable with it, or have you ever like always been comfortable with your height? Because I know kids. I know how kids are, and I was tall too as a female. So, or you know, growing up. Um, I really didn't get comfortable with it until... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, I was in college, and I was mm. 19, 18, 19. I was at St. Aug University. I had a full-ride... Um, D2, CIAA, and then I had these two girls come up to me and they were just like, you're so pretty, can you come try out for our modeling troupe? And I'm like, what the fuck is a modeling troupe? But I heard modeling, so I didn't really care what it was and what it wasn't, so I went to the tryouts and they were like dying for me. They were eating me up. They were, I was their favorite. They wanted me in this routine, that routine. I learned how to walk, um, how to stand up straight, and then I just after that, I kept going to HBCUs and I just kept being in different modeling troops. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would have the confidence that I had today. Mm. Yeah, modeling really did it for me. It's That's still doing it for me. Okay. That's what's up. Um, now, let's get into your appearance on reality TV and deciding to do Jasmine's Cabaret show. So, what made you decide to sign up? Um, people kept sending it to me. Everybody kept sending me the casting call. I wasn't going to do it. I've never seen it. At the time, I hadn't seen the show. Um, 
at the time, I just saw the reunion, mm. uh, and I saw like little bits and pieces of the reunion, like stuff you see on Instagram. So when people started sending it to me, I thought it would have been a great opportunity for me. I never thought I would have got it. Um, it was just something that I was doing. And I spent about $500 on my um, audition tape just to send it in, like getting the videographer, getting the space, outfit, hair, nails, just making sure I'm good. I took classes um, so I can have like more pole to show her. And it all paid off. Like I ended up getting on Justice Cabaret and I ended up being a fan fave. Period. Um, so did you like how you were portrayed? No, not at all. <laughs> like, it was Black History Month and they dragged my black ass all month. <laughs> like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> I didn't really understand the dynamic. I didn't understand the, um, what, what do they call it? The plot twist? I didn't get it. Why did I have to be the motherfucking bad guy? Um, I personally felt like it was because I was different. Um, I'm not going to hold y'all. I also felt like it was because I was a lesbian. At the end of the day, on TV, lesbians and gays get treat, treated differently, and that's just what it is. When they came out and discredited my sexuality, and when they misgendered me, I felt very offended. I was sad, I was mad, I was angry. And I was more so angry at the fact that I've been in the LGBT community for a very long time. When I tell you for a very long time, I mean a very long time. I've danced for City of Doms, I've danced at Atrium, I've promoted for Boss Brit, I've promoted for Capone, I've promoted for Yana B. Fly, I've promoted for Benzo the Brand, I've promoted for all the ATL promoters you can think of. Everybody, I can name more, but I'm not going to because it doesn't need to. So when it came out that I was a man in the whole world, that, or the people that, at least the people that know me knew that I wasn't and nobody supported me, mm. it hurt me. It hurt me to the core. Right. And what was interesting about that situation is Jocelyn had kind of went through the same situation with her being on TV. So, you know, I would think it would be more support in that area. Um, I made a comment to that and I personally felt like certain productions do certain things for ratings. Mm, and of at the end of the day, when you sign an NDA and when you sign a contract and when you sign your name over to that production agency, they can do whatever they want for it. And at the end of the day, I'm a tall, queer, bald-headed, lesbian, black woman. They're gonna come for me. I'm the three most hated things in the world. Black, a woman, and queer. <laughs> like, they're gonna come for me. I was the only lesbian on the show. They're gonna come for me. And that's what they did, and I stood strong the whole time. Period. That's what's up. Um, so what's your relationship with Jaslyn now? Um, non-existent. <laughs> like, I don't know how I was supposed to answer that. Okay. Yeah, non-existent. Okay. Would you do it all over again? Um, personally, yes. I would do it all over again and I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a damn thing. I feel like I connected to a lot of women. I feel like I connected to a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. I feel like I connect, I related to a lot of tall women. Like, yeah. I have so many women and men in my DMs talking to me every day, telling me how much they love me, letting me know that their sister looks up to me because she's tall and she don't think she could ever have the confidence to even say hi when she's in a room. Like, the fact that I give, like, I don't care if it's eight people, I don't give, I don't care if it's 800 people. The fact that I give somebody just the incidents of, like, hope that they can actually come out of their shell or overcome whatever they're feeling or stop an insecurity that's deep inside, like, it felt good. And I wouldn't change it for a thing. Like, yeah, I went through stuff. Yeah, 
it wasn't the best experience, my first TV experience, but it did what it was supposed to do. Absolutely. I respect that. Um, and I think, you know, just having more representation like that on TV is definitely beneficial for everybody. Mm -hmm. So respect. Um, so how has your life changed since appearing on that show? Um, for me personally, it hasn't changed much. Like I said before, Dawson's Cabaret, I was doing what I'm doing now. Besides that, being at a higher intensity, like, that's that's it. Um, I recently got booked for Virginia Pride and Philly Pride. Shout Dope. out to DJ Honey and she Ebony Black, period. Nice. Um, I appreciate the LGBT community that has supported me doing what they've been doing. Like, even though I've been in Atlanta for a long time and I'm known in the community, like they call it, what, what Lil Murder call it? I'm hood famous. Yeah. Regardless of if those people did not support me, I have people supporting me. I have people who are looking up to me. I have people who are looking forward to me. So it taught me to really just pour into people who pour into me. Like it taught me patience. It taught me the business aspects of life. It taught me to put my feelings aside sometimes. Um, I just think that it evolved me as a person versus Involving, evolving in my life because that's something that I gotta do. Johnson's Cabaret isn't going to make me rich. I gotta do that. Johnson's Cabaret was only a stepping stone. That's all it's ever gonna be. Like, I'm doing the work to make Cake Capri brand. Period. I respect that. So you did bring up a little murder. So what is your thoughts on a P-Valley show? I think they need to cash your girl. I feel like, you know, Mercedes is leaving. You know, she retiring. You know, they need a new Mercedes. You know, cake capri Express. Ooh, sorry. It's all good. <laughs> cake capri Experience. You know, I just feel like they need to cash the girl. I've been working on my poetry. But no, I really feel like it's a great show. I feel like it's um, a great representation for the stripper community. It shows the good sides, the bad sides, how some days we don't make money and some days we do make money, even if you're the best in the club or if you're the worst in the club, you never know what day is your day. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I can't complain. I just can't wait for them to cast me. Speak into existence. Uh, yeah. I can see that. Um, what would you like the public to know or understand more about you? Um, dang, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's some, if there's anything I want them to know, because at the end of the day, when I came on national television, nobody took the time to get to know me. Nobody took the time to really figure out who I was. I was bashed for being in an abusive relationship. I was bashed for being a lesbian. I was bashed for being bald-headed. I was bashed for being a man. So it's like, I don't care what y'all know. I don't care what y'all want to know. It's not, that's not my job. My job is to, my job is to influence y'all however I can in, through my journey. Like, I don't, want y'all to know anything that's not supposed to be known already. Like, if you're supposed to know it, you're going to know it. And if you don't, then it's just not for you to know. So yeah. that was a hard question. No, I got you. Because, honestly, my experience with um, national television, even though I was a fan favorite, it wasn't easy. 
like being called a man on national television as your first time being on TV, that was like the hardest thing I ever had to go through. And if it wasn't for my girlfriend at the time, even though she is my ex now, I probably would have committed suicide. And that's just what it is. I was going through it. Like I did not want to live. Wow. So um, I do want the people to know, like, we got to stop being so, like, nasty and negative to people. Like, we're human. Like, if, 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 if we're on TV, if we got millions in our pockets, if we a rapper, if we're an artist, if we're homeless, like, we just got to stop. If you don't like what somebody's doing, if you don't like a person, like, you ain't always got to react. You ain't always got to say nothing. Like, I don't know. I just want this world to stop being so cruel because I, I feel like that's why people dying every day because the world is just so cruel and we don't need that. Like, this world could be so prosperous if mm. people would just mentally check themselves sometimes. Like, you don't like me because I'm bald-headed. You don't like me because I'm loud. But a gay man can turn around and do it and y'all okay with it? I never understood that. But it's just life. It's just the world, the world we live in today. And that's why you got to be a strong ass bitch like me. Well, I'm definitely happy to hear, you know, that you overcame that for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like you progressed lately as a person? Um, I feel like I'm beating people up less. Um, I don't have that urge to beat a bitch up, yup. Okay. Um, it's more so a calm manner. I like to like talk to people calmly before I bite their heads off. Um, I feel like I've progressed in who I deal with, mm. like the people I bring around me. I feel like I've progressed in things I decide to give energy to. Um, I was really gonna come on here and talk my shit, but I decided not to. I just feel like it was better for me to keep it copacetic. Respect. So what can we expect next from K. Capri? Um, K. Capri is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Just open one and find out. Mm -hmm. If you look, it ain't that hard to find me. Period. OK. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming through. I think this was dope, um, and I think people will get more of an insight into you. So I appreciate you again for coming through. No problem. Yep. The Progress Report. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's.